and welcome back to another episode of the MDM Podcast. It's Thursday, February 27th, 2020, and today we're taking a look at what happened in the New York area on trade deadline day in the NHL. So well, today we're going to take a look at the Islanders and Rangers only and the trades, extensions, and injuries that happened on that day. Um, I'll break down what it means for both teams, whether I like them or not, and where it puts these teams going down the road. We got about 20 or so, give or take a couple of games left in the regular season. And as of late, my New York Rangers, all of a sudden on a hot streak, four points out of a playoff spot, but we're not going to start with them. We're going to start with the Islanders, who seem to be on the opposing end of the Rangers' hot streak. They're in a bit of a tailspin. They've lost a lot of of late, <laughs> obviously, but the problem they had was goal scoring. They weren't scoring enough goals, and I saw all over Twitter, Islander fans were calling for Lou Lamorello's head, and they needed some type of reinforcement on the goal scoring side, specifically a winger. But they went, they chose to go with the center, and they'll end up moving someone to the wing. But finally, Lou Lamorello wakes up and gets a goal scorer here, and he's still going to play on their fourth line. Um, so what this trade does here, so again, they got Jean-Gabriel Pajot, um, his remaining contract for this year, and then they extended him later, for a first, second, and a conditional third-round pick for this year. So the trade gives the Islanders a good core of centers, not only this year, for years to come. They still got Brock Nelson locked up for five years. Casey Sezikis has one more year. And Matt Barzal is a restricted free agent next year. And then you locked up Pajot for six more years. So you're going to have this core for a little while. And in that time period, you're going to need to contend for a championship. And just the second round isn't going to be enough. Like it was last year. You got to get past the second round. So does it? Does this do a lot? I don't know. They're still losing. The game Tuesday night, the most important game for the Rangers since probably when they made the playoffs three or four years ago. The Islanders didn't play good. And my Rangers in that game, at least for the last seven minutes or so, they were just traffic cones on the ice. Islanders ended up coming back and forcing overtime, and they got a point. That irked me. But overall, they didn't play well. They're a sloppy team right now. So after the trade, a couple hours later, Pajot signed a six-year inst- extension. So I looked into it, why he signed so quickly, and why not test the market? He's interested because they're building a new arena, and he thinks that makes them want to win? I I don't see the correlation here, but you know what, Pajot? You got your money. You got your years in security. If you like it here after just a couple hours, then you know what? Go for it. He's got 40 points this year, three shy of his career high through 60 games. So they got they, they just have over 20 games left. And they need a goal scorer. Brock Nelson was their high scorer. Pajot is now the high scorer at 24. Nelson at 22. Captain Anders Lee had 19. Anthony Povillier, 18. Matt Barzal, 18. There weren't a lot of goals here. And they also added Andy Green a couple of week, uh, a couple of days ago before this, after Adam Pleach was out. So he's going to solidify your defense. 
And these moves put you in it. This year and next year. But more importantly, like I said, this year. It's championship or bust now. And there's a chance they don't even make the playoffs. There was also some type of deal that didn't, I guess, pan out. They were going to get Zach Parise in his horrendous contract. Both TSN and Sports that reported that Andrew Ladd would have been one piece going to Minnesota. Elliot Freeman said that Ladd waived his no-trade clause. To go to Minnesota, that was one of the reasons why Parise couldn't have been a New York Islander. But now starts the trouble for the Islanders. Now they have to start winning. They're in a rough spot here. They're in a wild card spot. The Metropolitan Division is really, really good. And it looks like they're going to be a wild card team. So they got to start getting some wins here. I'm sure Barry shot to call some type of meeting, get these guys on the same page. And you got to get wins now. So that's for the Islanders. Now let's move on to the Rangers. It's, um, this is not going to be a very long episode. I'm only breaking down a couple of trades. Oh, and actually, no, before we do that, I, I I put some projected lines together to see. Um, this I put this together Monday before the uh, Ranger-Islander game, what it would be like with Pajot. The first line would be Lee, Barzal, and Everly. Second, Bovillier, Nelson, and Broussard. On the third line, there's your Andrew Ladd. Pajot. The fourth line, Matt Martin. There's Bailey when he's healthy again. You're still looking for goals here. But like I said before, the center core isn't too bad. Matt Barzal, Brock Nelson, Pajot now, Josh Bailey. It's not that bad now. So they got to put the pieces together and get wins now. That's all there is to it. On to the Rangers. So, the big story of the day was, obviously, Chris Crowder signing an extension, but I want to start with what sadly happened late Sunday night when Igor Shesterkin and Pavel Bushnevich were involved in the car accident in Brooklyn. It happened Sunday night. Thank God, Pavel Bushnevich, he's only day to day, and it could have been much worse, but Igor breaks his ribs, and he's most likely done for the year. At first, I was really upset because I was buying into this hot streak, but after a few minutes of cooling down and realizing this could have been much worse, we're lucky to have these two here. We've seen way too many times how things off the ice or off the field or off the court and whatever sport turn out bad. So you know what? We'll take you or come back next year. And luckily, he's only 24. And there's still a chance he plays this year, but six weeks, I don't think, he, I don't think he's playing. I saw that he might want to come back for the Hartford playoffs. And you know what, that might be good just to keep him off the ice uh, entirely and just recover for next year, because next year it's time. Next year you got to be a playoff team. But as for now, Pavel's um, day-to-day, and, I, and on Tuesday we saw Quinn go with Filipito, that he moved him from the third-line center over to right wing on the first. And then uh, Brett Howden, I'll get back to the lines later, but Brett Howden took over his spot. We're going to go over the lines after I discuss everything that happened. But thankfully... Uh, minor injuries for Bushnevich, and thankfully Igor is alive, and um, we'll look forward to seeing him next year. Um, anyway, on to the other moves the Rangers made. 
they got Chris Kreider for seven years at six and a half million. Uh, the deal was signed late Monday morning. It takes him through his age 35 season, which is I have a problem with. Uh, the both sides found middle ground. Um, the Rangers went to seven years, and then Kreider went to six and six and a half. I saw Carpinello. He said it was all front loaded, which I'm a huge fan of because you don't want to be paying him six and a half million dollars when he's 35 years old. And that made it a little better for me because I was not in favor of paying him until he's 35 years old. Doesn't turn out too well. But now that it's front loaded, maybe you're looking at somewhere on five. If that's even if that's any better. But not the, we mentioned cap. His new cap at next season is only 1.8 higher than this year. So it's not that much of a hit in the current day. But in five or six years, are we going to regret these last two years of the contract? Age 34 and 35, are these going to be bad years? So it doesn't make an impact today. And when we talk about Shea, we talk about the cap and how it opens up a huge, a lot of money. Um, the negotiations, from what I know, were stalled going into Monday. So it was good to see them come back and and uh, find some sort of agreement. I like Kreider. I think he's a very streaky player. I don't like him for seven years. Like I said, it's way too much. I think five was enough. I would have did five for six. I think that would be my max five for six. Five for five was ideal. But this is a situation we're in. I'm not a fan of se- I'm not a fan of seven years. But the fact that it's front loaded is much, much better. If you don't know what front loaded is, it means that he's earning more money in the beginning of the contract rather than later. Like for instance, if it was a two year contract for ten million dollars, like you see you see sometimes in baseball, maybe the first year the guy earns eight million and the next year he earns two million. So the contract uh, average annual value doesn't say the same. It changes every year. Um, yeah, well, that's all for Kreider. He's having a career year. He's got just south of 25 goals. Uh, he's the veteran on this team, and he's going to remain the veteran uh, along with Panarin. Uh, I like Kreider, but again, seven years is just a little too much for me. Now, over another interesting trade. This is this is the only trade they made, and they got a first-round pick out of him. Uh, Brady Shea goes to Carolina for their worst first-round pick. They also have Toronto's first-round pick. And there's a chance that one of them doesn't make the playoffs, but, but they're probably... Mm, and I shouldn't say that. But either way, they get the worst of the, fir- the first-round picks from Toronto or Carolina. Shea had four years left, but five and five and a quarter left. Five, five and a quarter a year. So Gordon here chooses D'Angelo over Shea. And doing this, it gives them the cap to go after a guy like Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom and Brendan Lemieux, who are all restricted free agents. And like I said, we'll get we'll, we're going to go to the Lions in a second. But I was a fan of this move because you look down at the and you look in the system. There's a lot of left-handed defensemen that can fill his spot in years to come. Lindgren, Hayek, Keandre Miller, Matthew Robinson. All these guys are left-handed shots from the point, and you clear up all this cap space to keep some of these guys next year. But I want to go over to what Quinn did on the line. So, before the deadline, this is from the 21st against Carolina, Brendan Smith was a healthy scratch. You had Philip Heedle on third-line center, 
along with Brett Howden on the fourth line center. So then we fast forward to the 25th against the Islanders. Like I said, you saw Heedle move from first line center up to right wing on the first line. And then you saw Brett Howden move from the fourth line center to the third line center. And Greg McKegg, who's usually a healthy scratch, he is the fourth line center now. But as for Brendan Smith, who has adjusted to a to, to be a forward, he looks like he's going back to defense for the time being. He's going to pair up with Shruba, who Shea was with. And re- as of recently, they've been the first pair all the way back to pretty much since I started logging these. Yeah, so they're consistently the first pair. And there's no reserves here. There's no besides Bushnevich until he comes back. When Bushnevich comes back, you'll probably see McKeg back to um back to a healthy scratch. And then Igor, he's not an IR yet, so he's still technically a healthy scratch. Unless something changed, I didn't know about it. So I'm good. it's interesting to see how Quinn does this here. And we talk about um Brendan Smith. Well, like I said, it's usually a healthy scratch adjusted to the forward position. This guy isn't getting enough credit for what he's done. He's always thrown all over the ice. He's like the utility guy in baseball. He plays all your positions. He's the Jeff McNeil of the Rangers. Plays everywhere except goalie. It's like McNeil everywhere except pitcher. And he goes from a healthy scratch to a defenseman to a to <laughs> a, a fourth-line forward and then back to a first-line defenseman. And he's also successful at it. More on the defensive side. And it's really hard to change positions in hockey. In baseball, after a little while, you'll learn it. But in hockey, it's much different. So you're going to see Brendan Smith on the first line on defense with Schreiber from now on. And they've got a game in about a half hour. Um, I'm buying into this recent playoff stretch. They've got a tough schedule. I'm going to pull it up real quick. I know they got two games against the Flyers. they got three, ga- three games against the Penguins towards the middle of March. But you start looking up at the calendar. This is a... About a, uh, a month left of, of regular season. So they got tonight. I'm recording this on Thursday. I'm pretty sure it's going out on Thursday. Montreal tonight. Philly tomorrow night. Philly again Sunday. St. Louis, Washington all next week. If you could somehow go 3-2 and two there, you got to get one game against Philly. We'll take the home game. Try and get Montreal tonight. And then get one of the St. Louis-Washington games. Get one of them. And then you got the Devils next Saturday. You should win that game. So we're looking at three wins somewhere in there. I think that's the goal. They're not going to win all of them. I think they have a franchise record eight games on the on the road uh, currently. But all things come to an end when it, regarding win streaks. And uh, I think that's all I got for hockey. I'm totally buying into this Ranger stuff. I want a playoff run. We haven't had a good hockey playoff run forever. It's been three years. Let's go. And if not this year, then they're a playoff team next year. To be the youngest team in the league and do this stuff, it's just mad exciting to watch. As a, From a fan perspective, it's so exciting. But yeah, that's all I got. Joe Morales underscore on Twitter. Also follow the show at MDM Pod. Um, I'm still working on the schedule for a couple weeks. I got a couple good ones coming up uh, as we approach... Uh, the MLB season, spring trading goes on as I watch it on the TV. Um, but yes, yeah, stay, stay tuned for a lot of Yankee Met and uh, MLB coverage. But this is the MDM Podcast.